Hello, and welcome to the People of Purpose podcast, the show that explores all the ins and outs of the challenges and opportunities HR, people managers, and all people face at work every day. I'm your host, Julie Devin, along with my co-host, Chaz Fields. Julie, episode one, day one, season one. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty excited. I don't know about you. <laughs> I'm super excited. My gosh. Chaz, you know how much we love talking to each other, and we're really excited to share our conversations with uh, with the world, the world of yeah. HR and it's business a, yep. professionals. So it's a, it's a it's exciting time. So I know today that we're going to talk about the state of HR, Julie. But uh, the first thing uh, I think that's most important before we get into any of this is what made you smile today. What made me smile today was looking at your background and thinking of how much woodworking that you've had to go through and how many classes did you take to learn how to learn how to create that. I'm going to, I'm going to add it to my resume as a woodworker. I think that's super, super important. Um, but yeah, it's very, uh, Magnolia. I'm down here in Texas. Uh, so very Magnolia market, very Chip and Jojo. If you will. <laughs> uh, I didn't go with the clean white finish. I thought a little bit of uh, color behind me would look good. So, awesome, um, awesome, so yeah, yeah. That, that was good, but I, I'm glad my background can make you smile. So you want to know what made me smile, Jules? What makes uh, you smile? I, I think, I think the Mason work of your background is just incredible. I think, I think, you know, you need to add it to your resume and, and how, you know, how long did it take you to do that? Oh, it took me about 10 minutes. I really, you know, I just watched a YouTube video and I figured out how to lay each stone. So oh, people, man. people are going to think you're tuning in to listen to us uh, talk about carpentry and bricklaying and woodworking. But <laughs> That is not uh, that, why we're here. That is no, not why that's, we're here. that's definitely not why we're here, but awesome. hopefully you all can get a little taste of our personality uh, as you, uh, as you listen to us speak at this point. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. So like, like Chaz said, and like I said, we're super excited to be here and have these conversations uh, around HR, the state of HR. And at the beginning of every episode or, the, you know, the first couple minutes of every episode, we're going to start out with a business side of the day. And we're going to have a little discussion surrounding that. So Chaz, <clears throat> I want to talk about the business side of the day today. Okay. So According to a study done by the Workforce Institute at UKG regarding trust at work, 55% mm -hmm. of business leaders and employees still think it's easier to trust colleagues in a physical workplace than colleagues working virtually. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I saw that stat and I was like, wow, that's a real problem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, you know, the immediate reaction when I think about something like this is, you know, COVID-19 clearly changed the way that we've worked in a lot of different ways over the past year. Um, but I also think on the flip side of that one, we have to do better um, as business leaders to trust our employees. Uh, but I think, I think the most important part is, and we're going to talk about this, I'm sure in another episode that, Everything we do starts with trust. Do you agree? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If without trust as a foundation for, for work, um, everything at work, you're not going to have uh, a good employee experience. And you're going to hear Chaz and I talk a lot about employee experience. And mm. there's lots of different things you can call employee experience. But right. just generally, you know, what are employees expecting these days? And I think that. You know, when we look at what's going on in the world of HR um, and, and thinking about how 
55% of business leaders in, in our survey said that they, they think it's easier to trust colleagues in a physical work environment. What does that say about management? What does that say about micromanagement and the state of micromanagement? Um, I, I know that I, well, go ahead, Chaz, what were you going to say? Yeah, I was going to say like in this survey, what's interesting about it too, it was done at the global level with thousands and thousands of participants. So I, I, I really strongly encourage business leaders that they feel as though this is a challenge, you know, think about the, the recruiting process, right? Julie, we've talked about this where someone goes through the recruiting process and they, you know, apply for a job and then, you know, they get multiple interviews and then all of the sudden, uh, you know, they get the job and, you know, it's a really exciting time for that individual and then, uh, you know, hybrid remote work, things like that, that, that provide flexibility and, and give that employee some of the needs that they have. All of a sudden, they have a manager coming to them saying, hey, look, we, we actually don't trust you to do your job unless you're here at the facility. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, no I don't me. No, it makes no sense because you go through the whole process of hiring and interviewing and background checks and reference checks and all of that. And then you wonder, okay, day one, somebody comes in and they're not quite trusted. Well, what happened between the time where you offered them the job and they started? I don't know. They've spent all this money in recruiting dollars. They've spent all this money in background checks. They've spent all of this money to simply say, we're going to put you in this little box and you have to stay within this box to make sure that you actually get your job done. I don't buy it, Julie. I don't. No, no, I I don't either. I don't either. Um, And I think that the the state of employees today, they're not going to quite buy it either. Yeah. Um, So... You know, I think that when we this sort of is a, a little segue here into into our topic, um, the, the state of HR. Was so smooth, so, Julie, by the way. Yeah. So smooth. Good Thank job. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was trying to find a segue. It wasn't the perfect one, but I think <laughs> I did it like a six out of 10. So yeah. I'll, we'll get better as we go along. Yeah. Uh, so stick with us, folks. Um, so <laughs> I think uh, something that, Chaz, you and I have talked about a lot over this this time, over the past year and some change since March of 2020, the state of HR has been one big cliche. Would you agree? Yeah, it's, it's wild, Julie. You know, part of our job is obviously writing and speaking and doing some consulting. Um, but I think some of our best ideas come from working with, with, with customers, right? Mm-hmm. And, and as we've gone through this and we've, we've, you know, done the research and we've looked at all the different things, there are so many cliches out there for HR. <laughs> yeah. So many cliches. And, and it's really frustrating, right? Like, you know, you're, you're a professor for HR, uh, an adjunct professor. We both have our, our master's degrees in HR. Yours is in development, mine's in management. So when we have these conversations back and forth, we're like, man, we, we don't necessarily want the stigmas and we definitely don't want the cliches. And the first one I think of is the inundation of what others think you should care about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I totally agree. Um, I think that they, I think that people think we should still care about the new normal. Um, <laughs> hey, we're guilty of using that. Early, I'm totally guilty. I'm totally guilty. Early, and, early you know, uh, to, to be completely blunt, Chaz, I went back and I looked at some of the past blogs that I wrote on the What, what Works blog um, at UKG. And the first blog that I wrote in March of 2020 
had, it was something like moving towards the, the new normal. And I see it now and I absolutely cringe yeah. um, thinking that, you know, I use that cliche. And I, I think that, you know, obviously we have to give ourselves a little bit of a break because sure. back then nobody knew what was happening. That's right. I would imagine to say, you know, not many people know what's still <laughs> happening or yeah. what's going to happen in the future. If there's anything that this period of time has taught us, it's that. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 I've tried so hard to stay away from those cliches and, and there are truly so many of them. Yeah. What do you think I, another I, one is? The uncertain and unprecedented times. We've <laughs> yeah. seen some of those uh, jokes that are out yeah. there and there's actually been commercials. I think there were some Super Bowl commercials around it too. You know, it's, it's really kind of funny because I, I came from the side of uh, it's kind of all uncertain you know what I mean? Some, mm-hmm. some days, and especially we talk about the state of HR, Julie, every day is different, right? Absolutely. And, and that's why we got into it, right? Is every day is different. And there are so many challenges that we're faced with day in and day out, you know, not even being practitioners now, just being former practitioners when we're talking with companies, but there's, there's that change element that, that is constantly moving and new things and new ideas. Uh, so so I, I can't help but laugh when people say that. I'm like, yeah, isn't it kind of always that way when you yeah, walk in? Yeah, uncertain, unprecedented times. I mean, which time is precedented? I don't yeah. know. Um, if we're <laughs> looking at time, in. this isn't a philosophical conversation, but if we're looking at time as a linear thing, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's yeah. above my pay grade, Chaz. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't, I'm not a philosopher by any means. So, yeah. yeah. So I think that cliches are definitely a thing and we can see that all, all mm-hmm. you have to do is go on LinkedIn and, and look at some of the articles that you see on there. Mm-hmm. I am not in any way saying that I'm uh, exempt from these cliches because I'm sure I still utilize them in some of my speeches and some of my writing. So yeah. if I do uh, feel free to call me out on it. Sure. Uh, you can use the hashtag people purpose pod on, <laughs> on yeah. social media. And if I use one of those or if Chaz uses one of those, definitely, you know, let us know and we will rag on each other pretty bad. So yeah, which, which we're good at doing. So if, if you're Absolutely. here for your typical, oh, you can't say that because you're in HR. Well, yeah. <laughs> you may be in the right spot. You may not be, but Julie and I are going to have fun with it. So you think Absolutely. about the state of HR, Julie, too. I, I do want to take a minute to talk a little bit about um, everything changing versus has it really right? Yeah. Like, you know, immediately we, we direct to, well, everything's changed. So what's your, what's your thoughts on that? Like, do you really believe HR has changed based on pre-pandemic initiatives to, you know, current pandemic initiatives to what post-pandemic initiatives may be? I think, I think we think it's changed more than it really has. And here's why I say that. Because I remember reading an article back in in uh, February, January, February, twenty twenty. It was actually in this uh, on this website called HR Dive, and mm-hmm. it was about the trends that were supposed to take shape for twenty twenty. You know, besides the cliche of twenty twenty vision, yeah, um, <laughs> that was another one that was a bit overused. But when we look at those trends. I think about what they were. They were talking about how tech was leading the way for change in the workplace and how virtual healthcare initiatives were a thing and how employees had to uh, be upskilled and reskilled in order to, you know, fill roles that were difficult to recruit for. Sure. But if you you think about where we are now, Chaz, we think about what COVID has done to the workplace. I think that it's 
not as much change as we as we might think. And here's why: because think about like virtual healthcare as an example. Sure. COVID COVID has only served to increase the need for that. Yeah, surge it. Yeah. 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 If you think about tech <laughs> and tech leading the way for for right. change and innovation in the workplace, COVID has only served to increase the need uh, for sure. for good tech. Would you agree? Yeah. So so the first two trends that you talked about, you know, telehealth. Right. Mm-hmm. I think that's, you know, well, we, we can't get to the doctor or we're concerned to go to the doctor because of COVID. 100%. I used telehealth before and I used it during COVID. Right. Like mm-hmm. that's just, that's just what I did because it was easy. It was convenient. And then when the pandemic happened or as, you know, as it continues to go on, of course, the immediate response for me is, well, I'm just, just going to pick up my phone and FaceTime with the doctor. Right. Like the, yeah. So that, you know, trend number one, it, it did. I mean, and that's going to be a continuation as, as, as we move forward. And then of course the tech piece, right. You know uh, I think the other element of this is COVID immediately identified which companies could react quickly because of their data. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and having good systems in place. And um, I, that trend's not going anywhere. Uh, that trend has been around, you know, for 15 years because there's constantly evolving technology. There's constantly new things that continue to come out. And as your business scales and grows, there's a there's a different need for a different time period, right? Hundred so, percent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. The 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 last trend that I I personally think, Julie, is the the new. I'm not going to say new normal, by the way. You thought I was. Unprecedented. It's going to be a demand is the, is the remote or hybrid workplace. Yeah. Right. So you, you think about um, the, the need, the need for people who may not want to get vaccinated or whose religious beliefs don't allow them to get vaccinated or um, someone who may have had a family member affected by COVID and are being extra, extra cautious in the way that they operate day in and day out, right? So this hybrid or remote work policies that HR, when it comes to the state of HR, is is now being forced to consider, was being considered before the pandemic. It's just, it's just expedient at this point. Yeah, the future of work has really been accelerated. And, you know, we thought that this future of work, that's another cliche, but still, I think that's something it's that relevant. we can talk about. It's it, it is relevant. Yeah. Yeah. The future of work, it, we thought where we are now, maybe we would have been in five or 10 years from now, Right. but it literally happened overnight. We were forced to move into the future of work. If you think before the pandemic, I think about how folks who are able to work from home, that was almost glorified. It was almost like, oh, you're lucky you get to work from home. I felt it. I worked in an office for 17 years. And when I started working at what was then Kronos, which is now UKG, I started working uh, from home. And it's yeah. just, you feel free. You feel you feel a lot more, uh, like you have a lot more control over your time. Yep. Um, and I have a lot of friends who still work, who did still work in an office, and they mm-hmm. didn't quite feel that way. So yeah. But but it's so it's so widespread now um, that sentiment really is no longer there. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. And I think probably the last thing, and I know that we'll continue to dive into some of these trends in a more practical way, right? When we talk about creating remote and hybrid work policies, 
I think the other piece of this here too is, you know, hey, I I need a break, mm-hmm. right? You know, now that we are working remotely, or or for those of you who are working remotely, and even even those who aren't, right? Even those who are are, are going into the office every day, we know that there's a need for those, um, you know, the the manufacturing companies of the world where they have to go into a jobs, you know, into a workplace to to get their job done, um, are working extremely long hours in the office. Right. So uh, I think the idea of we got, we got to take a breather here to make sure we're taken care of. What do you think, Jules? Yeah, there's, there's a sense around remote work that you can't really shut off or you don't know when to turn off because we do live in a 24 seven tech society now, which helps us tremendously, but it can also hinder us from a mental health perspective. I mean, Everybody, you've seen the articles, you've seen the the webinars, you've seen the you know the the different things regarding mental health at work and um, how remote working has really contributed to detrimentally uh, detrimentally to mental health issues. Yeah, um, I know. I feel it sometimes, Chaz, where sure. I feel I feel like I can't shut off or I don't really know when to end my workday because work can always be done. And when you're at home, yeah, when you're at home, it's going to be there when you wake up, it's going to be there when you go to bed. Right. I I know, but you just have this sense of, I should just finish it now because I'm here. Right. But to what, to what detriment to your mental health is the question. Yeah. I so there's a couple of pieces to this from a practical element. I think um, HR has to do themselves the service of, of, taking the time that they need to recharge. Now, before it was, you know, for us, Jules, we used to travel all the time and we knew, Mm -hmm. you know, pre-pandemic and as as travel comes back, you know, we will get busier. But I know you and I have been in those situations um, along with a lot of our colleagues, right, to say, okay, hey, look, I got to take a few days off. Um, You know, I've got to recharge. I've got to do this. But um, from our our consulting component that you and I do, we noticed that HR uh, doesn't always feel like they can. Yeah. And I think about I think about if you are wanting to bring your whole self to work, or you are wanting to give your best effort day in and day out. The best way to do that is take the break that you need. Does it make sense? Yeah, yeah. But again, you go into that whole mentality of people don't know when they should take that break because yeah. it feels it feels oppressive all the time with the amount mm-hmm. of work. And it's not just work, Chaz. When you're home, I mean you know this better than yeah. better than I. You you know with, yeah. uh, with your little guy. Yeah. That people have children and for so many months most schools have gone back to in person or some form of in person. But sure. for so many months you have busy professionals who also now have to become teachers who mm-hmm. also now have to worry about childcare, who have to worry yep. about, you know, are their children's needs being met during the day? And yeah. these are, these are, you know, I was having a conversation with a friend yesterday and he, we were talking with Chaz, you know, I like to work out. We were talking about working out <laughs> yeah, right, right. and, and we were talking about his, his routine. And he said, you know, I still don't feel like I have a schedule. I said, what do you mean? He's like, ever since COVID, you know, my son's, they're, they're in and out of school. I don't right. know when I can make it to the gym. I don't know, you know, he, he basically was just saying he still feels disjointed. So yeah. I think it's important to know that just because a lot of time has passed, sure. it's okay for folks to still feel a little bit disjointed. It's okay for folks to feel like you're not exactly uh, 
making it the way that you want to. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting because the UKG actually um, helped define and coined the definition to burnout, right? Mm -hmm. And and I know that we've heard that term over the last year or two, but it doesn't make it any less relevant, especially during a pandemic, right? You had mentioned, you know, it, it, the the child thing, right? What happens, you know, when your kid's daycare shuts down and you and your wife both work from home and, <laughs> you know, your kid gets exposed or whatever it is. And then all of a sudden you're managing a toddler who wants to jump off of the coffee table. Uh, you know what I mean? And you're like, buddy, I'm on a work call. And then, you know what I mean? So like there's, there's, yeah. there's a piece that Geez, Chaz, it sounds like you have some experience with that. I, I, maybe, maybe I do, maybe I don't. But the, the, the point is, you know, it's it's in these moments that you were talking about that you have to kind of take a step back and say, okay, work and life, it can't be this equal balance um, to some degree right now. I think more importantly, you have to take a step back and say, how do I take care of myself, even if it's for 30 minutes a week or however long you you need, you have to recognize in those moments when you're exhausted or sending emails with your eyes half closed. Yeah. You know, those I've are, done those that. Are, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a lot of sense. Those 2 a.m. emails, Julie. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, you know, Chaz, as we wrap up here, I think that this is definitely a topic that we're going to hone in on and talk about moving forward. We're going to have entire uh, episodes dedicated to mental health, but not just mental health at work, mental health for HR professionals. Sure, um, There's a definite distinction there because in HR, we know we take care of other people most of the time. But you remember, you got to take care of yourself first. And we will be harping on that and making sure that uh, HR folks know their worth and that their mental health is important. So, mm -hmm. Yeah. So as we wrap up, you know, today we really found our purpose by recognizing that the state of HR is not a cliche. It's actually, it's actually a position, a strategic position that uh, has been just a catalyst going through uh, the pandemic and will continue to do so. Uh, we also questioned and found our purpose in realizing everything has changed or has it really? You know, mm -hmm. uh, by doing some of those things when it comes to hybrid work and recognizing that we do need a break. And the last thing, kind of our final piece here is just making sure that we do a little bit of self care because we as leaders and as professionals and as people of the workforce can't do our best if we don't take care of ourselves first. Jules? Absolutely. Yeah. We, we as humans, we as humans right. can't do our best if we don't take care of ourselves first. So just a couple of reminders we want to leave you with before we go. Don't forget to use the hashtag peoplepurposepod on social media sites like Twitter and LinkedIn and also, be sure to check out the latest blogs and research from the Workforce Institute at UKG by visiting workforceinstitute.org. So, Chaz, that's it for episode uh, this episode of the People Purpose Podcast. And everybody, we thank you so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time. Thanks, Al. Hello.